This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Friday afternoon here in a glorious Johannesburg. And this, of course, is Soul to Soul on your radio every weekday afternoon from 1 till 3. All sorts of interesting programming and uh, insightful opportunities to learn and grow and become a bigger and better person than you ever were before. This is uh, Moshe Schnurb and welcoming you to our radio family. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to be part of what's going on here. We try to uh, bring you worthwhile thoughts, some insights, some knowledge, some information that hopefully will better your day, will improve your upcoming upcoming Shabbos, and will really uh, be something that you'll, you want to come back and hear and hear even more about from uh, from from all of us. Um, it is. Shabbos this week. Yes, as we know, this is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Bahar B'chukosai. It's the uh, last Shabbos, the last Parshiot of the book of the book of Vayikra. We're going to say Chazak Chazak. We'll finish, and it's also, as you know, Shabbos Mavarchem. It's uh, we're going to bench Rosh Chodesh of uh, Sivan. Uh, this this week, Rosh Chodesh, please God, will be on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, before we know it, next next uh, weekend, I guess we call it, will be will be Shavuos. So we have a Shabbos, and then go straight from that into uh, into the Yom Tovim. It's something quite uh, quite amazing and and special, and something to certainly look look uh, look forward to. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have what to say about about the Yom Tov, perhaps uh, idea on Shavuos for for next week to this week, just to uh, perhaps uh, think for a moment about the the concept of the parsha, the particularly the parsha of the Chukosai. Um, the Torah begins uh, in Bechukosai Telecho. If you walk in my Chukim, which the Rashi and the Chazal interpret as being uh, you're learning and studying Torah and doing the mitzvahs, etc., etc. So Hashem promises us great reward for for that. There's a quite an interesting medrash uh, on that uh, on that pasuk where the medrash says uh, brings a pasuk brings a pasuk in 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 Tehillim where David Melech says Chishavti I I thought about. I figured out the way I want to walk. But my feet brought me back to your Eda, to your to your uh, statutes. And the Medrash says a very interesting thing. It says, what's Chishavti Drochai? I thought about my ways. So it says, Chishavti, I thought about the Brachot. And Chishavti Klalot, I thought about the curses, because that's, in fact, the main Part of the whole first section of Bechukotai is the blessings that Hashem promises us if we do the things that Hashem wants and the uh, the curses, the threats that Hashem makes. If we're not going to adhere, we're not going to listen to what Hashem asks us to do, then, then all the terrible punishments that will befall us, all the terrible suffering that will come upon our upon our head. So the Medrash says that says, when I looked at the brachot, so I saw a tremendous, tremendous orderliness because it's from Aleph to Taf. The blessings begin 
with the word im b'chukotai telechu. So it starts with an aleph, and the section of the of the brachot ends vo'eleicheschem kaimimius. I will bring you back to Israel, standing standing tall, and that ends with a tough. So it's from aleph all the way to 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 tough. And he says, and then I looked at the klalot. I looked at the curses, and it's backwards because the curses begin with the letter vav tishmuli. If you don't listen to me. And uh, they end uh, with the word Biyad Moshe, which is a hey. So it's Vav first and then hey, which is out of, out of, uh, out of order. says, if you're if you merit and you do the mitzvah, then I will turn it around. I will reverse those letters and uh, it will not be backwards any, anymore. What in fact does he uh, does he mean does he mean by that? What what is the impact that 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 we're trying to be taught over over uh, over here? So Rav Rav Shach Zatzal brought in in his son-in-law's uh, sefer the following the following concept. It begins and 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 talking about uh, Shimshon Hagibor Shimshon the uh, the very brave and and, and uh, you know, virtuous leader of the Jewish nation, and uh, we read about him at the very very end of of his life when, when Shimshon had been had already been captured by by the Pelishtim. So he wanted to take his last revenge against the the Pelishtim, and the Gemara in in Maseches Saita. Daf Daf Yud tells us, and everyone knows the uh, the the pasuk because it's become a a famous uh, song. It says like Yikra Shimshon Hashem Shimshon called out to Hashem. and he said Hashem lekim zochreni na, remember me vechaskeni na and strengthen me once more. Achapam and strengthen me just this one time. Vinakman kam achas. And let me at least take revenge for one of my two eyes uh, from from uh, from the uh, the 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 pollution. So no, Shimshon is davening to to the Urban Shalom, and and he's saying he said I I really I lost both my eyes. So he's asking says in the reward. As or as the as the reward for having lost one of my eyes, so then given the ability to take revenge from the pollution, at least just this one more time, and in the reward for the other one, so let me merit to have a to have a portion in in Olamaba. and the Lord says that's exactly what what happened. Rav Shach asked the question. <laughs> Please explain to me what exactly, what kind of reward is due to Shimshon for uh, for losing his eyes? <laughs> the very very same page of Gemara in Saita uh, 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 says, in fact, in in the Mishnah, that uh, since Shimshon followed after his eyes, he was he went after after women. Therefore, 
the the uh, Philistines took out his uh, his eyes. The whole reason that he lost his eyes was as a a punishment because he improperly was led astray by by uh, by by his eyes. Right, Shimshon on the on the incredible high level that uh, that he was. So uh, he was involving himself with uh, Pelishti, with Pelishti women. And for him, that was not considered appropriate. So what what reward is is there? Uh, you know, on the contrary, the losing of his two eyes was uh, actually a payment for something that he had done wrong. So how could he uh, ask for, for reward for this, ask of Shach? So... To answer this, Rabbi Shach says, uh, says uh, quite, quite an important concept. He says that when, when the Rabbi Nishtalim punishes, so the punishment can take one of two, of two forms. If the person who is being punished doesn't learn from the punishment, then it's just that Hashem is giving you a patch. Hashem is giving you a, a slap for something that you did uh, that you did uh, pro- improperly. You, you you take it, you bear it, whatever, and that's the end. That's the end of it. The 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 scales have been equal. The right has been wronged, and and we carry on. Right? Uh, yeah. Something happens to a person. A person gets a flat. A person gets a ticket. Okay, you pay the ticket. You fix the flat. Yalla, we carry on. We carry on with life, and uh, and uh, nothing, nothing ventured, nothing, nothing gained. But that's not really what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants to sort of get out of by punishing us. What the Rebbeinu Shlom really wants is that any punishment. That we get, they're meant to be to be lessons for a person, for a person to learn something from it. In the event that a person learns from his punishments, so then the punishments themselves are then reversed and become a merit for for the person. Right? They are they 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 become a, a merit for the person because. Even though he's done something wrong, he's done something in, inappropriate and, and been punished, but he understood what the purpose was and he saw it as a, as a, as a lesson in that, uh, in that lesson that he's being taught. And he's learning the, the, if he learns that lesson, he understands what Hashem, what the message is. That's, that's for him like, like, like learning, like learning Torah. He's, so to speak, learning from the Rabbani Shalom, uh, himself. He's, he's learning the, the behavior that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to behave. That's the lesson that Hashem is, uh, Hashem is giving. And that becomes a reward. That becomes then a schar for having understood, for being in tune enough with the, with the, situation that Hashem is sending you that you understand that it's for that it's for a positive a positive purpose and so, so, so it's really a, a powerful kind of thought he then carries on to explain with this the difference between the two places in the Torah where Hashem writes dire uh, uh, threats and warnings as to what's going to happen to the Jewish nation if they don't, if they don't listen to what he says. One is in this week's Pasha, in Pasha, and the other one is 
in the book of Dvarim, in, in uh, Parshat Kitavo, that uh, the second sort of version of, of the, of the, uh, of the Tochacha. And they're, in, in some ways they're very different. Particularly if you look that if you, in the, in the, in the Tochacha, we're going to end, uh, we're going to read, we're going to read, uh, this week. So at the very end of it, the last three verses are actually verses are actually, are actually psukim of of comfort. Even when you are in the in the in the enemy's land, Hashem will never reject you. Hashem will never will never throw will throw you away. It all it ends with a very distinct nechama, uh, uh, a very distinct uh, uh, comfort and 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 placation to to the Jewish to the Jewish nation. In Pashat Kisavo, there's no such, no such Nahama. It just kind of comes to a, an abrupt, abrupt end. We get sold to Egypt. We get put in ships and, and taken there. And then that's the end of the, that's end, that's the end of the, of the story. Shavshach explains that Pasha Bechokaisa and Pasha Kisavo are two totally different, uh, uh, Tochachot, two different, uh, messages from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In this week's Pasha Mechukaisai, it is, obviously we're being, we're being punished, because it says, uh, if you walk with me, in uh, uh, and, and Hashem says, if you don't notice that I'm in this world, you don't notice my presence, so then, I'm gonna behave with you as if I'm not present. I'm going to hide behind a, a veil and, and you'll think that I'm not, that I'm not there. Then you will suffer and, and it lists all the different kind of punishments that a person, that a person will, will, uh, will suffer. And this is referring to a Jewish nation that doesn't learn from, from the punishment. The punishments are just that. It's, uh, Hashem's giving you a, giving you a smack. You speed, you get a ticket, you have to pay the ticket. Hashem is just giving you the fine that you get for having done the, the Avera. Therefore, when the punishments are done, so there's nothing, there's nothing learned from it. And Klaishel is still in great need of, of a salvation, of, of, of comfort, of, 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 re- of rehabilitation. And therefore, at the end, the the, the Rabbanu says at the very end of Tzachacha that even if you behave this way, even if Hashem hits you and and wakes you up and and prods you, and you remain totally, completely insensitive, you don't get it, you don't you don't hear the message. Still, at the end of the day, you have to know. Will comfort you. There needs to, there needs to be words of comfort. It will happen in spite of it. it says, however, in Pasha's Kisisa, so the language of Tachocha is very, is very, very different. There, if you look uh, consistently throughout the, the Psukim of the, of the curses in Tachocha, there's a language of Yakacha Hashem. Yakacha Hashem is almost an expression of a person recognizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing this to, 
to the to the person. It says, "Yitencha Hashem nigaflof neyavecha." Hashem will uh, will uh, make you run, or Yakecha Hashem b'shachefes, or Yabdek Hashem. It's always mentioning Hashem's uh, Hashem's name. So there's there's almost like constant uh, references to Hakadosh Baruch Hu being being recognized, and. And, uh, and, 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 and that we understand that the Rabban Shalom is actually the one, uh, who's kind of doling out the, the, the punishment. So, and, and that's obviously in opposition to, to, uh, it will, what is in our Pasha, where it just says, uh, as it says at the time, the Sam Lorik, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll, uh, it doesn't talk about, it doesn't talk about, uh, Hashem. It just talks about things happening, but carry and in, in, uh, as 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 a random so to speak incidents while pashas kisavai is a different kind of a kind of a kind of punishment uh, we keep talking about yisa hashem right consistently through through throughout that whole through that whole uh, that whole pasha. i think hashem's name is mentioned oh, over 20 times in that uh, and it's talking about a klaisol who sees the punishment as coming from akadosh baruch when that's over when we when when we've finished and we've we've gotten the message. So then there's no need for the psukim of of comfort. That's because while the time Klai Yisrael realizes that the punishment comes on the Banishlam, so then the punishment itself is a schus, is a merit for the Jewish nation, and therefore it just ends there. And just as Ela Deverabris, this is the agreement that if you take, if you get the curses and you understand, so then it, that becomes a, a, as a chus, is a chus for you. It's a kind of a totally different, uh, uh, way. So therefore, we need to learn from this that when we suffer, suffer all kinds of, I don't know, challenges, difficulties, problems, pain. So, uh, obviously we, uh, we don't want any of those things. So, so, in any situation where those things happen, we always have a choice. If we see Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who's the one who's guiding it, right? We understand that it's Hashem that's hitting us, that's hitting us, and we kind of take uh, whatever's happening as a, as a as a lesson. So then, it lends itself to something very very positive. But if we see it as carry, if we see it as happenstance, just things happening, then there's no strength, there's no nachaman, there's no, there's no blessing, it's just, it's just random events. And that's why I said, that's why I think that, that's, that's the medrish that it says, uh, you see the, the curse has a vav and a. The vav and a are the two lost letters of, of Hashem's name. And, and, and the question is, how do we look at, how do we look at the curses? If we see it, and it's above if we see that it is from from the the Shlanim, then ultimately we merit that uh, the other word that always starts with a vav and hey Gemara says that whenever a, something in the Torah begins with the word vahaya vav hey that's always an expression of of, of simcha when we when we understand the the import and we understand the the directives that Hashem is giving us whenever a challenge or difficulty comes we are able to learn the lesson from it we're going to come back in a minute with some words of halacha about Ketanim please don't run away this is 101.9 soul to soul on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa this is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb 
101.9 Chai FM. We are back here on Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon. Uh, the important details of this Shabbos, as we usually give out at this uh, time, it is, as I said, Shabbos Pahar B'chukesah, the final two Shabbat of the book of Vayikra, and we have a Chazak, Chazak at, at the end. The important times you need to know for this Shabbos, uh, candle lighting this afternoon is no later than 13 minutes past 5, 5.13 is the deadline for lighting Shabbos candles. You can definitely uh, light earlier. You can probably light as early as about 25 past uh, twenty-five past 4, uh, and that's that's fine. But uh, get your act together. Let's get Shabbos ready so that uh, uh, it doesn't catch us by surprise, but we're, we're kind of able to sit and, and properly welcome in the, the, the Shabbat. Shabbat ends tomorrow night at 4 minutes Past six six oh four is the termination of Shabbos. As I said, it is Shabbos Mavarchim. Rosh Chodesh will be please God this week on Monday night, uh, Tuesday, of course, uh, uh, tomorrow night, and and Sunday is a celebration of of Yom Yerushalayim, the twenty eighth day of the month of Iyar, a day of great celebration and and uh, commemoration and uh, gratitude. To, to Hashem for the incredible miracles that He's done in giving us back the city of Yerushalayim 51 years ago. Now that we've had it and uh, we can never forget, we can never, uh, uh, lose that incredible, uh, uh, understanding of the, of the gift that we have, uh, that we have, uh, re- received. Okay. Back to our discussion of the laws of children. On, on Shabbos. So last week we began to discuss the concept of, uh, what do we have to do in terms of stopping children or withholding children from doing forbidden activities. We spoke uh, in the, in the previous year about, about the education to do positive things and that was very, very much an age appropriate thing based on the understanding, based on the sophistication of the knowledge of a child. We could train him, we could begin to indoctrinate him into certain, into certain mitzvot, even as early as he could talk at the age of three. We certainly would start already going all the way up through the ages of, of his, uh, of his childhood, all the way up, as we said, to Tfilin, where he only begins a very short time before his, uh, before his, uh, his, his bar mitzvah. In terms of, of negative activities, in terms of uh, withholding or stopping a child from doing those things that are, that are, uh, uh, forbidden. So, again, from the, the time that he begins to understand that there's this concept of there are things that are permitted and there are things that are forbidden. Right? It's, it's again, it's not just, uh, that he knows that when someone yells at him, he has to stop doing what he's doing. But again, the, the intention is that he understands that this activity is forbidden all the time. He must, he must never do it. So then, uh, that would be approximately around the age of three, where most children begin to get that message that if mommy says no, it doesn't mean just now when she screams, but as soon as she turns her back, I can and should go back to this. But he understands that. Well, it doesn't mean he won't, but he at least he understands that he that he uh, that he shouldn't do that. So from that time on, from sort of the age of three on, if we would see a child doing something that is against the halacha. Let's say, I don't know, 
You see him eating uh, food that's not uh, kosher or, or, or milk and meat or, you know, putting on lights on, on Shabbos, something like that. So then, <clears throat> since he understands that something like that is forbidden, we have an obligation to stop him from, from, uh, from doing that. And when he gets to the age where we start teaching him Torah, when he gets to, to that level of education where we start instructing him about, uh, uh, you know, different halachot, sort of already at the age of, certainly at the age of six or, or seven. So then we have to explain to him much more generally, much more, uh, uh, in, 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 in a, you know, in a very, very conclusive kind of way, all the different types of, and the principles behind all the various forbidden activities, so that he should know how to, how to, how to, uh, how to keep them properly. Uh, if a child is less than, than three years old, so then you don't need to, to start educating him to not do things not do things that are, are forbidden because he's not going to get it. He's not going to understand. He'll stop if you yell at him, but he won't necessarily, he won't necessarily understand that he mustn't do it. And therefore, uh, let's say a child under three, if he sort of went looking and found uh, some food that he shouldn't be eating, so let's say some forbidden type of food, and he wants to eat them, so there's no obligation, you might want to, but there's no obligation halakhically to stop him from, from doing that because he doesn't yet even begin to conceptualize and understand what, that there is a prohibition or what the prohibition might be, might be, uh, uh, about. And therefore, if you, let's say he would go, uh, turn on a, a light switch on Chavez or turn it off or let's say, uh, or says even if he was, let's say that he was the child of a kohen. Therefore, he's a kohen also, and he goes into a place where there is a, a dead body or something like that. So the, again, there's no, there's no need to yell at him and, and and pull him out of there because he doesn't yet understand, right? Uh, and and therefore, we, we don't have to, we don't have to uh, do that kind of a, that kind of an activity. Um, now. But that's only, again, in a situation where he is doing the act by himself, where he himself is going and, uh, and, and, uh, and doing it. But if you go and, uh, if an adult goes and actually involves a child in doing something, uh, forbidden, if you feed him, God forbid, uh, 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 food that he's not allowed to eat, you take him and you give him, give him uh, whatever uh, non-kosher, non-kosher food, or even let's say a koyin. You cannot, as an adult, take a a baby koyin and put him in a situation where he is going to be, uh, where he's going to be uh, uh, forbidden. Um, that's very important, right? Uh, and any, even even if it's only things that are forbidden rabbinically, you cannot be the catalyst that causes him to do to do something that is that is forbidden. Furthermore, it would be forbidden to uh, to yeah to to put him in a situation where you're setting him up to do something forbidden. But at the same time, it's it's not forbidden. Let's say to give the child something where it's possible 
that he could use that thing to do something forbidden. Let's say uh, uh, you give him a piece of uh, piece of uh, paper to to play with on Shabbos, even though it's quite likely that he's going to uh, he's going to tear it or he's going to you know uh, erase uh, uh, letters. So the fact that you put a piece of paper in his uh, in his hand that's not considered uh, an instruction by you to go tear the 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 paper but uh, it's something he does himself but if you give him a food let's say you give him a non-kosher food in his in his hand so then it's as if you are actually going and uh, feeding him that food and that would be forbidden we're going to come back with a final segment of the show in just a moment. Please don't run away. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM. We are back with our last with our last segment. So we've said that anything that you are doing to cause a child to uh, where it's perceived as if it's a direct command from you to do the forbidden activity, that would be that would be also even with a with a small with a small child. However, when it comes to the laws of Shabbos, it's actually an additional uh, prohibition, and that is, as we've spoken before in other situations, we have we are forbidden to allow our children to do malacha. Pasuk says, You cannot do any malacha. You and your son and your and your daughter, and that uh, includes all of them. So, if therefore, let's say, if a child goes and uh, puts a light on because he perceives or he thinks that his parents want him to do that, and the parents know that and don't stop him from doing it, uh, so not only... N- number one, have they, uh, n- you know, done the opposite of educating the child? They've, they've, they've given them an education that he can do things that are that are wrong on uh, on uh, on Shabbos, which is the, the education of a child is a is a rabbinic is a rabbinic a rabbinic mitzvah. Also, they violated the Torah prohibition that uh, you cannot allow your child to do any work on on Shabbos. Uh, and if a child, uh, even if it's not the parents, if the child turns on a light for a adult, thinking any adult, even if it's not his parents, that they want it and, and no one stops him, so then that other person who he's doing it for would violate the uh, the prohibition of the uh, of 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 not educating or child or having a child doing doing uh, doing doing malacha. And uh, even though that we just learned that you cannot feed a child uh, anything forbidden, but again, if the child, let's say, was very very uh, hungry or or uh, or thirsty. Uh, and although the halach is we don't generally eat before making kiddush on Friday night or havdalah on Motzei Shabbat or at a time uh, on a fast or let's say uh, uh, even when he has reached the age of of education, one is allowed to one is allowed to give a child to eat and drink because the uh, prohibition 
of of chinuch of a child is you cannot give a child something that in essence the food itself is not permissible. You know, it's to give him something that's not kosher, that you can't, that you can't do. But if it's just a question of the time, if it's at a time when normally one wouldn't eat, because it's a fast day, because it's a, uh, uh, before Kiddush, right? It's not the time that's fitting to be eating, but if this child, and it's talking about any child under bar mitzvah, if the child is, is hungry or, or, or thirsty, you're allowed to allow him to eat Eat uh, or drink, and there's no there's no prohibition from from stopping him as long as long as obviously the food is is uh, kosher and uh, and the food that the child can can uh, can eat. Okay, that's about all the time we're going to have uh, this week. Uh, it was great spending some time with you. So we learned a little bit about the purpose of of suffering, the purpose of punishment. We learned a little bit about how and when you have to educate a child in the in the restrictions of, of Shabbat, and in fact, any any restrictions. So I hope that's something you can put in your peace pipe and uh, and take and take with you into the uh, into the week. Please, God, we'll be back on your radio next week at the same time. Uh, we'll have something nice about uh, about about Shavuot. In the meantime, I just uh, want to take the opportunity first of all to thank each and every one of you for being part of our radio family for tuning in wherever you might be and whatever you might be busy with on a Friday afternoon. It's great to have you as part of the of the show and also just to wish each and every one of you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbat Shalom and please take the opportunity to, to use Shabbat for what it was intended as these as the uh commentaries say, the whole purpose that we were given Shabbos was so that we should learn Torah, especially, you know, we don't always have enough time during the week, but we got to take the opportunity to go to a shir, learn something, read something, be inspired by something, think about something, and, and use that as a catalyst for growth, for potential, for improvement in even one area of your own of your own of your own lives. Thank you for being with us. And from all of us here, from Craig McIntyre, I appreciate everything he does. We wish you all a Shabbat Shalom.